Welcome back to the Changemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Deke Copenhaver. Today, my guest is my good friend, Jason Brown, grandson of James Brown, and he's an entrepreneur in entertainment, legal, and tech industries. As a graduate of the Savannah College of Art and Design, keeping the arts with the business is his preferred way to work. From working on Get On Up, which we're going to really get into that, to Warner Brothers Records, Paramount, and Universal, Mr. Brown has been around the Hollywood block for 10 years. Now recently, a new father, and congratulations, brother, has moved back to Atlanta to rebuild the same industries on the East Coast. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for my friend, Jason Brown. Welcome to the Changemaker Podcast, hosted by Deke Copenhaver. Deke is the author of The Changemaker, a Forbes publishing book that has reached number one on Amazon on multiple occasions and in multiple categories like management skills and total quality management. During this podcast, Deke interviews exceptional change-making leaders. Deke currently operates Copenhaver Consulting, where he helps local governments and other public organizations maximize their potential. He's also a sought-after public speaker. We hope that the change-maker has an impact on you today and that you find takeaways that make you a better leader in your life. Now, here's Deke. Thank you, Deke. Thank you, uh, Mr. Copenhaver. <laughs> you don't. You know you don't need to call me Mr. <laughs> right, Copenhaver. Well, let, let's open it up with this, that... Mm -hmm. Man, you are a first-time father, correct? Yes, sir. Recently, July 5th. That is so cool. And mm -hmm. Kair. Kair, my son, where, yes. where, where does the name come from? Um, it's an Arabic name. My girlfriend picked, um, and I, I liked it once I heard it, and yeah. it, just, it just worked for me. So, so how did you – you went to SCAD, the Savannah College of Art and Design. Mm -hmm. It's been – and I'll just – for our listeners – it's been so cool to know you for so long and to see you grow and become this like just force of nature with <laughs> everything you do. And I'm going to suggest that our listeners follow you on Instagram because okay. man, I'm living vicariously through you, but what, obviously your grandfather was the legendary godfather of soul. Is that really his influence? Is that what got you into the entertainment industry? I'd say so, uh, more so uh, my mother as well, because my mother was on the radio yeah. doing something very similar to what we're doing now. Yeah. But uh, for Kiss and Power, uh, Magic, a lot of the local stations, even maybe even Foxy, I don't know. And and she was on News 12 yeah. for some time. Um, so outside of seeing my grandfather do it, I got to see my mother do it firsthand more than yeah. my granddad because he was, a, you know, a seven times generation legend by then yeah so uh yeah it and i think that was passed down from him to her to me more yeah. so but of course seeing him do it on another scale that i couldn't understand until the day he died more so and still learning to this day it's um that was a whole nother level that i i, I think i would get glimpses of that when i you know when i tap into certain things and my successes i'm getting a glimpse of but not not fully there yet, yeah. you know, but hopefully. Well, you and I have had these discussions, and, and I share with people when I talk about you, I'm like, you are your grandfather's grandson <laughs> because your work ethic, and we talked about how he sort of instilled that work ethic, in you, and I know your mom, who was my first guest on this podcast, mm -hmm. is a very hard worker as well, but, mm -hmm. but talk a little bit about the example that he set for you through his work ethic. Um, I think... Uh, his work ethic is purely his life, you yeah. know, from being dark skinned young black man in 1933 during the Great Depression in South Carolina. 
yeah. Barnwell uh, or Snelling as well. It's um, you have to you have to have a um, a work ethic. Yeah. You have to be tough skinned, and yeah. I think that um, focus is is the the biggest attribute to that. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like once somebody makes a decision, the younger you make a decision and you stick with it, the further you go with that decision in yeah. life. Um, and I think that he decided music early on and decided to take it very serious and to focus on it and saw it as a way of getting out of poverty, which he was yeah. in. So, you know, with my granddad living in a brothel and both of his parents technically adopt, uh, you know, abandoning him, um, you you would have, you know, that tough skin and you would have to you grow up fast and you'd see so many things in life yeah. that make you want to get out of that situation. And to never go back. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Um, so having the last name Brown, mm -hmm. I mean, being James Brown's grandson, mm -hmm. has that opened doors for you? Or has that placed, you know, major expectations on, you know, your ability to perform? Or how, what is that like to be in the entertainment industry and be James Brown, Brown's it's grandson? It's both. Um, there's, there's, uh, it's about uh, opportunities. Yeah, for sure. And then it's about where you are as a person in your craft or where you are mentally. Yeah. Um, so I think that if I decide or if anybody decides to take on a legacy and they are proud of it, then you're making that decision to say, hey, yeah, I'm going to go within this route. Understand that you may not be able to fill these big of shoes, but when they use your grandfather's name, you're taking it seriously. You are, um, you're giving it uh, a legacy esque understanding, um, reverence. Well, yeah, and I would say that opportunities, yes, a lot of opportunities, but I've chosen them. Mm -hmm. I've got other cousins that have not chosen the lifestyle as much as I have. Yeah, or they, um, I won't say as proud, not as proud, but they just they don't choose entertainment. Yeah the Brown name goes within entertainment, you know? So if it's not as strong in, in medical, somebody may be a James Brown fan, but they're not, they're not, it's not, it doesn't take them to the next level in medical, yeah. you know, uh, but in music, it takes somebody else to the next level too. If they work with me or if they work with the James Brown name, it's like their attachment to it as well. Yeah. So uh, of course it's been in, it's given me a lot of opportunities, but at the same time, then it's about who you are and where you are in life. Yep. And if you're not, skilled then you've kind of messed up um a relationship yeah where you could have excelled it and i've been there i've been in dj gigs where i thought that i was you know uh capable of packing a crowd or keeping it going and they're like oh well you're just not there yet we get that you have the name but you as a person yourself have to grow and to see who you are as an yeah. artist or see who you are as a person in general where you are mentally i want to get your take on this because it uh, your mom and I have had these discussions. Um, it's almost like your grandfather was a hero in his, the old saying of hero in his own hometown or whatever, a prophet in his own hometown. But he, he didn't always get the credit locally that he deserved. And I remember when he passed, I said I was, um, I did an interview on the BBC. And I said, now maybe the local community will get to see what he meant to the world. And I think about, you know, his homegoing service was live on CNN for like four hours. 
So I'm like, it, and I would tell people here locally, I'm like, man, they don't, CNN does not go live from for four hours from everybody's homegoing service. But what's your take on that? Well, uh, you know, I didn't realize how big he was until one of his funerals. Yeah. You know, um, I didn't realize how massive he was until we were at the Apollo. Yeah. And when I saw the people lining up, um, celebrities coming through, um, and them just breaking down, crying. Um, and then when it came down to Augusta, when Michael showed up, that was a huge thing too. That, Michael Jackson. That, yeah. When <laughs> yeah. Michael Jackson showed up to James Brown's funeral in Augusta, Georgia, that was huge. Um, we don't, I don't think Michael Jackson had ever been to Augusta, Georgia. I don't think so. Um, but if he had, it might've been as a Jackson five or something like yeah. that to perform, um, maybe the chicken circle or something like that. But, uh, things like that were eye opening things to me because yeah. I grew up under a privatized limelight, you know, it's, it's subjective to what my family wants me to see as children, um, and when you grow up, it's just no hiding it. Yeah. So you either accept it or you, and you're, and you're all about it, or it's more of, no, I'm going to, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to let that be more so where I go. I'm going to go a different direction because I'm just, I may be built differently or it just doesn't interest me or yeah. I'm just, it's just not for me. You know, I'll, I'll tell you who, I, and it was cool seeing Michael Jackson it's your grandfather's homegoing service, but I'm a huge Public Enemy fan, mm -hmm. and Chuck D was there too. I'm yep. like, man, mm -hmm. but that just kind of shows you the influence that he had on all genres of music, right? Right, and I think that you know Augusta understands, but Augusta is still Augusta, Georgia, yep. and it's still where it's at. If Augusta had more entertainment going on, um, I think they would understand. I think if Augusta had perhaps a bigger population, yeah or more international um, presence, they would understand the name of James Brown and how much, when you think of Augusta, the, the only two names you think of is James Brown and the Masters. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's, uh, and, and to me, based off of what I know, there's more to that. There's CSRA. Mm -hmm. um, there's our basketball tournament, our high school basketball tournament that we have. Yeah. There's some big things that happen in Augusta um, that we should give more notoriety to that would that my granddad knew. Oh granddaddy, yeah, he was proud to be from here for the small reasons and the big reasons. You know, it's just funny because you, you mentioned that we also have the um, largest half Ironman in North America every year. I used, okay. used to do that a good bit, but I met your grandfather at the Tour de Georgia, okay. which was a bicycle race that was mm -hmm. coming through Augusta. And it was just, he, he said he knew my people mm -hmm. and that I was so new and I was so now that Augusta was never going to hold me. Mm. So I don't know if he's ever right about that <laughs> or not, but I was like, this is the coolest man I've ever met. <laughs> well, did it hold you or did you hold it? Uh, I think maybe a little bit of both. Okay. I don't think it's held me. I think particularly with some of the stuff I'm working on. <laughs> yeah, I tried. It's it's hard to handle. Well, hey, if you, that's, that's, that's the thing. If Augusta had more new things, we would be more educated. Yeah. We would be more uh, well-versed in what the world has to offer. There's there's a lot more than just going to Myrtle Beach over the weekend in Florida yeah. during summertime and spring break and stuff like that. There's there's a lot more to the world. And if all you got to do is take a flight. A lot of people in Augusta are scared to fly. Yeah. You know, that's that's one thing. And I'm from here. 
yeah. I get it. You know, I've, I've, uh, you know, just going to church, meeting people who've, who've never left the country to me is kind of just, it's, uh, it's given my circumstances. I don't, I don't think, um, people have an excuse because my grandfather came from poverty and yeah. did what he did. Yep. So I look at that as if James Brown can do it, you can do it. Yeah. You know, regardless of him being my grandfather or not, you see that you, yeah. you know, his story, especially being in, from Augusta, a lot of people should step out and see what the world really has to offer them. You know, and, and I want to peel back the onion on that a little bit because you just touched on something that, so you've, you traveled the world and we'll get into a little bit more of that. But, um, but one of the things that I've said about with particularly the youth here in Augusta, it's, I wish all, particularly the lower income um, youth, I wish they could all travel somewhat because when you're, and when I was in office and I didn't broadcast it, but if somebody found out you're the mayor of Augusta, even now the former mayor, they treat you like a celebrity because they know the name. Right. So there's a value to being from someplace that's recognized as being the home of James Brown and the Masters. But if kids never get outside the area, they don't, I mean, how do you instill that sense of pride? It's, I think it's easier if they get it. And mm-hmm. they get it when people, if they say they're from Augusta, people treat them as being special. And so it builds that pride. Well, uh, life is about attaching yourself to something bigger, mm-hmm. purely. Um, you know, uh, and it took me some time to realize that. But a lot of times it takes people the time to realize that because they have to get out of their own ego. Yeah. You know, and I think people from Augusta are, we're very competitive people, especially because of sports. Mm-hmm. It, it runs our life here more so. Basketball, football, Friday nights. Yeah. It's a, um, that's a way of life here is the athletics. It's a way out too. Music, obviously, uh, Augustus has a music scene. You cannot deny that. But there's more ways. Uh, there's there's the tech industry that's coming through, mm-hmm. and I think using in golf, um, there we Augusta has a big golf connection, but we don't have any famous golfers or a famous organization that's representing golf alone or yeah. golfers bringing young golfers in. Yeah, that's something that easily someone could just hey, you know what, guys. Augusta is known for golf. We should just start having, we could have a golf training academy, Augusta mm-hmm. Golf Training Academy, and it will blow up just because the Masters is here. Yeah. You know, and that, hence why my mother has the James Run Academy of Music. Yeah. Once we start attaching ourselves to the positive things that are bigger than us, we become bigger along with it, or we become in the same conversation. Yeah. Which puts you right along in the same um in the same uh, in the same equation to do something better for your yeah. situation or everybody else's. Well, so so you, I want to talk a little bit about your world travels, and I, okay. I've shared with you that I live vicariously through your Instagram account. Okay, which is Grand Soul Sun. Yes, at Grand Soul Sun. Yes. So for <laughs> for our listeners and our viewers. <laughs> Check him out. But, Grand uh, Soul Sun. Grand, Grand Soul Sun. <laughs> <laughs> so you were just, your most recent journey was to Columbia, South America. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, well, uh, I do an international tour for the most part once a year and where uh, I book out the villas and the venues and I'll book local DJs and DJs from America or wherever, wherever um, the network, my network is and say, hey, if you're not 
playing internationally and you want to have a vacation and come play, I've booked out these venues and we can just come DJ to their crowd, have a good time, make it a vacation. And it's a it's an illusion to uh, the DJs that don't get booked internationally on their own, but still want to have that resume under their belt, you know. So um, that Columbia this year and last year was Dominican Republic. Yeah, well, it's like I told your mom when COVID hit, I'm like, COVID is not slowing Jason down at all. No, uh, <laughs> well, you know, the the Dominican Republic was very um, was very uh, uh, under the table. Yeah, the whole thing. The country's very third world, and all I had to do was pay off the police. I paid off the military um, <laughs> to throw a party on the beach, uh, and it's the reason is because they have sea turtles that come onto the beach, and you're not allowed to mess with them in the ecosystem. But um, we had a party a little bit further down on the beach, but you still had to pay off the police, still had to pay off the military, the marine, the marina. Um, that they the call cost it. of doing business. Cost of doing business. <laughs> but um, did all that just to just so that Colombia could be easier, and then hopefully um, I do Brazil, and then Brazil will be a lot easier. Yeah. Well, I, I want to talk to you about this. Is that I I think entrepreneurs are leaders. Mm-hmm. And you are a tremendous entrepreneur because they're not afraid to take risks. Yeah. And, you know, some of the most successful people in the world, if you're not going to get ahead and be successful if you don't take risks. I've, I've taken lots of risks and I've had the limb sought out from under me mm-hmm. on multiple times, but I continue to take risks. Mm-hmm. But what's your take on that? Because obviously, you know, you've got to be bold to be a leader and you've got to be very bold to be an entrepreneur. Risks come with, uh, risk comes with decision making in the moment, I think. And I think you won't get far if you don't take a risk. But with the risk comes the work. Yep. A lot of times you can't just put your money down and expect for it to come back, like in crypto yep. sometimes, uh, or like in a casino. Um, a lot of times once you put your money down, you have to do a lot of repair or maintenance to make sure that it stays coming in and that you know, this service that you bought into or this piece of equipment or this robot or um, this contract that you have, you have to maintain it. So um, I think once you get overtaking a risk and you've developed something where people say um, passive income or that's automatic money, you've built something that's just running on its own, mm-hmm. then it's about the maintenance of it. But it's always a risk every single time you decide that, hey, I'm going to put my money into this yeah. and hope that it comes back. Everything goes perfectly. Everyone's safe. Nobody gets hurt. Um, and the job is done at a great at a great capacity. Well, you know, it's, and with we were discussing before coming on air about this podcast. I mean, this is a, a risk for me. It's a, you know, it's a startup, effectively. Mm-hmm. But I think we've developed enough content to now we can go out for sponsors and everything. But, you know, it... You need to take, in my opinion, you can never get too settled. I'm 54 years old, and it's like I'm still taking risk. But that's, it's risk-reward. Mm-hmm. If you don't take the risk, you don't get the reward. What's the real reward? Is it, um, is it, is it the money, or is it the fact that you learn something? I, I think it's that you learn something. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you this, it's, I've, uh, it's really interesting. I've just decided that every platform I have, whether it's my podcast, my book, you know, executive coaching, whatever I do, 
the working with this new national nonprofit, it's about bringing people together on on common ground. And so I think that's the real reward. And hopefully, you know, you got to make a living. But I just I feel like that's the calling that God has placed on my life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, you know, in in to touch on a risk that I take, uh, whenever I do a, um, uh, one of my mini festivals, I do them monthly out in the desert. Uh, a friend of mine has 40 acres of desert land, and we just go out there and throw a camping party. Um, I take a risk every single time. I put the money down. I, I rent the porter potties. I do this. I get the security. I rent the land. I get the sound and the staging. Because sometimes there's a lot of people. Sometimes there's not. Yeah. You know, the more people, the more money, obviously, in, in almost anything you do. But, uh, you know, you also risk people getting hurt out there or yep. people um, uh, drinking a little too much. You know what I'm saying? So things like that, you have to uh, accept. And during the pandemic, um, this was a time when I, I started this this part of my entrepreneurialism, which is just throwing events massively. You weren't even supposed to throw events. You were supposed to be not in crowds of three, four, five people. Yeah. Um, but... I took a risk to say, hey, you know, if I go to jail, I go to jail, too. You know, if I just if I if I made the ultimate mistake, I did that. However, it didn't turn out to be that way, because um, a lot of times when you take your risk, you have to do your research. And that I did do in the county of which I was throwing these events in. You can have people on private land up to 500 without a judge having to say whether what happens to you or not. Yep. So, um Luckily, after doing my research, I still took a risk financially. And, you know, nowadays police can just come and do whatever they want sometimes and spring up things. I, you know, I've been I've been lucky and blessed that nothing bad has happened. I've been under the radar and nobody's gotten hurt. But I'm still, uh, according to the law, abiding by it and not uh, not um, doing anything too risky. Yeah. Well, so so you recently relocated from LA to Atlanta. Yes. So how's that transition been for you? And it's I'm sure they're two totally different animals. It's uh it's been a bit of a valley, I I would say. Um, I took a bit of a setback in my legal industry uh, because I I had three employees at the time um, before the pandemic, and what I do is shoot depositions mm-hmm. on videotape. Um, just get hired by a lawyer or a law firm to record their video depositions, either in person, like kind of like how we're doing now with the podcast, or on Zoom um, remotely. Mm-hmm. And when the pandemic hit, I took the event seriously, took a step back. So when I moved back to Atlanta, I had to start working for somebody again. I couldn't just up and do the business and say, "Hey, I've got all this experience. Book my team." I didn't yeah. have a team. I had to. I have to train somebody else yeah. into doing it. Um, buy the equipment all over again after selling it before. And, uh, you know, it's that has been one of those entrepreneurial valleys that I'm experiencing now. But coming up, I just bought the equipment um, and I'm training more people now. So I hope that within a few months, I'm able to be where I was in L.A. back here in Atlanta. Yeah. But you just keep working and keep pushing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, I know you were in Get On Up, yes. the biopic on your granddad, mm-hmm. and I was able to attend the premiere. I, I know you got to know Chadwick Boseman, mm-hmm. the late, great Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. 
I, I met him that night of the premiere, and he was just so humble and such an amazing guy. But I, I, after he passed, I wrote a piece for Forbes about he was a hero for our times mm-hmm. because it was not, you know, the cultural phenomenon that is Black Panther. That wasn't just, you know, young black kids. or young, I mean, it, that he, the love of that movie and his character in it crossed all boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to talk to you about your personal experience with him. I mean, I, my personal opinion is the world needs more Chadwick Bosemans. I think that uh, Chadwick Bozeman was uh, definitely a hard worker. He was a, he was a great guy. Um, every time we connected, it was always great vibes. We never had, we never had an issue, never had anything slight. Um, we've had some very deep moments. We would even, Sometimes we were freestyle, just kick it and just chill back. You know, when we were on set, um, he was a he was a he was a southern he was a southern boy just like me. Yeah, he was from Anderson. I was I'm from Aiken, Augusta. You know, it's 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 not too far from home when when you get connected. Um, the only thing we didn't do was probably go out and shoot some hoops. You know, <laughs> everything else we did, we're we're at the bar kicking it. He was he was a he was a guy's guy. You yeah. know, um, but also. The ladies liked them too, you know. Um, I think that uh, it's just it's unfortunate that he had so much of a climax and the way that things ended for him. And uh, unfortunately, you know, say what you want about his estate too. It's just it's a better take that we all have to take care of ourselves. Yeah. But working with Chad was a huge surreal moment. Working with Get On Up, him playing my granddad was. You know, I was on set and in the office. I learned so much. Um, and the best thing about Chad was he kept it real with me, you know, in every form of perspective yeah. he was thinking. Uh, so I learned a lot from him, which is helping me uh, in this cartoon that I'm developing now. Um, and recently just got attached with Snoop Dogg. So he's going to be in the cartoon, and this is, this is something that's going to be big, and hopefully – it puts Augusta on the map again, and yeah. we have another premiere, and uh, you get to meet more celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> I want Snoop on, on my podcast. Yes, I'm be, sure we all did. That would be awesome. But congratulations on all your success, and but I I think you have a have something that Chad. You said Chad was a Southern guy like you. You've got a humility and a gentleness of spirit about you that I, I think is very much like in my brief conversation with them, I'm like, this guy's just awesome. And, but you are as well. I appreciate that. I think you are too. And thank you for having me. I think that, uh, these, these, um, parts about Augusta are, you know, you, you always say you should run or you should come on back. We'll <laughs> see on. you when you come on down. It's, it's, it's touching home. You know, I, I would just like to see Augusta have more going on yeah. for the youth. Because yeah. I think that once there's more going on, there's less violence. Yep. There's less gang-related things because they, they're just that's just being bored. Yeah. You know, let's just be honest. You're not either going to school or you're going to work around here, and if you're not doing either, you're just hanging out. And you know the old saying, "Idleness is the devil's workshop." Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That's it. Well, as we draw to a close, I always like to ask my guests, "What in any given day?" And I think I'm going to know the answer to this question ahead of time. Um, puts a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Uh, you mean day of the week? <laughs> uh, well, no, no, just anything on any given day. What, 
What puts a smile on your face and, and brings joy to your heart? Um. Okay. When uh, you know, after let's say a successful event, um, and everyone's congratulating you on the fact that it things go smoothly. When your work is, you know, as an artist, when people realize your work. Yep. That's what it really is, you know, and say, hey, you did that. You made it good. Um, it's still going. Uh, can't believe it's 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 lasted this long. Um, everyone's uh, everyone's still enjoying it. Nobody's been hurt. Everyone, you know, it's still a safe, it's still a safe situation. And uh, it can keep going without you. That's the best part is like it, sustainability. People, it's, it's yes, <laughs> it's it's built itself. And now it's on automatic. I can step away from it, uh, raise my son. I think about, I think about the things that I built that aren't James Brown related. Yeah, uh, like my app. You know, the fact that you can uh, take a picture of trash and donate to it, and then someone can come clean it up. In my tech world, uh, those are things that I feel like uh, make me smile the most. Because yes, I have the James Brown thing, but um, I don't want to be fully remembered as that yeah you know i want people to be like oh no this guy he had that gene you know what i'm saying but he became to be jason brown too yep. and you know and that i think that that's more uh important than being known as the grandson of james brown than just to say oh no he he was a grandson but he had his own thing too and he yeah. had stuff that wasn't james brown related not music related at all that popped off that are like wow you know that's that's something big. Too. Leaving a legacy of your own. But, you, you know, we, we stand the tallest when we stand on the shoulders of giants and legends. And you, right. you're definitely doing that, but you're creating your own legacy, which is a beautiful thing to see. I'm trying to, trying to. Hopefully with, uh, you know, with, with people like yourself, we can team up together and, you know, attach each other's names and keep doing that. I am all doing that. that. But, brother, thank you for being an awesome guest. Oh. Okay, handshake, fist <laughs> and, up, however you want to do it. Whatever we want to do, drop in the mic and we are out.